back to the Blues Hockey Podcast. Your host is Jason, along with Chris. Yo. And once again, our friend Bon is back. You right. I'm back. All right. For his, uh, I think we're like, what, up to two, three appearances this season? Something like that. Almost, you're almost hitting the guest starring role, almost. And like hey. it's like the, like the sitcom, like reoccurring, uh, reoccurring role. That's right. We're going to have to add him to the IMDb page. Yeah. yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah, a reoccurring so. role. So, unfortunately, we have to do a season wrap-up way too early this season compared to past the last uh, – well, last year obviously was a little short due to a little weird year, but obviously 2019 went, went the distance. But uh, Blues out and get a swept this year. Don't feel as bad, though, because remember, we didn't have a seven spot put up on us Not with empty like netters. Vegas. Even, even with empty netters, we had two. I think we had one game with six, and those two of those are empty netters. That was game two, yeah. Yeah, so – Rough. So Vegas uh, had a seven spot, seven to one was the uh, so, final for game one. I think game two is uh, a little bit later tonight. It's recording Wednesday. on Wednesday. Yeah, it's Wednesday. I forgot they yeah. skipped the day. Yeah. yeah. So question for both of you on that game one, is that Vegas being tired from a seven game series or is Colorado just that effing good right now or both. a little bit of both? I think it's both. It's I both. think Colorado is obviously a juggernaut when you have yep. – Arguably, one of like um, there's a current present day Bobby Orr playing defense for them, yeah. Like in Kale McCarr, like where he would be in the top six on any team left in the playoffs, like, but he's their defenseman, yeah. And and it makes me hate them, mm-hmm. but also I think they like why they didn't start Flurry. Maybe they gave him a day off of rest. They said That's rest because he played, they said he played seven games in the last 14 days, so the coach said he wanted to give him a rest, even though Leonard hasn't played since May 10th. I mean that's the yeah. that's the double edged sword is you know do you do you go to flurry knowing that he's got some fatigue or do you put the guy in who's rusty and hasn't had any real game time play in a long time oh and by the way it's the second round of the playoffs yeah I mean flurry just got nominated for the Vezina today so I mean which speaking of the three guys two of them make sense to me Vasilevsky flurry. And- Correct. And Grubauer, like... Yeah, I didn't understand that one that much. Goals I mean, they against, did, they, man. Is that goals they against? Did win, they did win the President's Trophy, but he didn't. He was out for like three weeks. I would argue that they won the President's Trophy in spite of their goaltending. Yes. That defense and offense won it, not their goaltending. Yeah, I would I mean, agree with that. It's 100%. That, it, and this is maybe a bad comparison, but this reminds me of like, the Detroit '90s Detroit teams, where it doesn't matter who you had net, nothing like we said, nothing against Chris Osgood, right? But, but that dude won multiple cups and had almost a, you can argue, Hall yeah. of Fame type career just because he was the guy in net back there. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he's, like he's you got said, numbers they, to back it up. Yeah, that's what I mean. He just won a lot of games. Doesn't mean it was. I mean, he was a great goalie, but it doesn't mean he wasn't a bad goalie. But you could be an average goalie and flourish, and when you have a team that's. I agree. That's you. my point. That's Corey Crawford to me. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you look at the fact that the first cup Chicago the won, they won with Anti Miami. Yeah. <laughs> so that was it. Everyone's favorite aunt. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, it's again when you had that that back that blue line that Chicago had that no one talked about because everyone wants to talk about Taze and Kane. Yeah, the fact of the matter is, you take Duncan Keith and Seabrook, Seabrook. off of that, off of that blue line. The head Chicago was team, the first one too. Yeah, I Chicago gets worked in yeah. a lot of like those Western Conference Finals and Stanley Cup Finals. Agreed. 
Yeah. So interesting. So yeah, I think Colorado is, I think it's 80, 20 Colorado's better. And then tired on Vegas. Uh, well, we're just on that subject before I was going to bring it up later, but we're on it. So we'll just keep rolling with it. Thoughts on Ryan Reeves and the hit slash whatever you want to call retaliate. It, they did the say roughing. it was it was the roughing they have. They said it was retaliatory for the hit that Graves had earlier. Yeah, on one mm-hmm. of theirs. So, but the the thing came out today. So Reeves did rip out a chunk of Ryan Graves' hair while he was on the ground. Yeah, and so. <laughs> I saw some people, and it's and you know what, Blues fans and like they will always like love Ryan Reeves. Sure. I saw a slight, actually, some people turning against Ryan Reeves now, which I thought was hard to do, considering they talk about how he was, they don't like what he did. He was as much as he was being the guy that sticks up for his teammates. They thought this was a step too far. So I was yeah, get your guys I mean, get your guys thoughts on that. I would say, I mean, that understandable probably from Blues fans' perspective because look what happened to us this year. Like sure. how many how many times did our players get just like you know I mean Bortuzzo's orbital bone broke, no penalty on play. Bortuzzo was out earlier in the year. Like yeah. I mean you know all of it. I I watched that play because I missed that part of the game live. So I watched it yesterday, and I mean he was aggressive, but I don't see how that penalty gets a. 10-minute misconduct and a two-game suspension. Yeah. And what Tom Wilson did to Artemi Panarin gets a $5,000 fine. Yeah. To me, it, it, yep. it looked like the same thing. They both pulled a player down by their hair. It, it's pretty similar. It's just who knows, man. There's, and that's not no me. That's not me defending Ryan Reeves. But, but what I'm saying is no I don't understand. Yeah, like I don't understand why – the league lost their mind on this. Right. But, but, but Tom Wilson got a slap on the wrist. They're both repeat offenders. The, the infractions were really similar. Yeah. The difference is one was in the playoffs and one was in a a regular season game. And I I don't understand why the difference was there. There's one more difference. It was against Colorado. And I feel like McKinnon is a new Crosby. They're going to protect that superstar. And but it wasn't. Just, a, but it a, wasn't against McKinnon. No, but it's his team. Like they're I mean, going to get guess. the call. I don't know. I mean, they, the, the NHL's got their two darlings in the conference in this division's final. It's exactly what they want. You want Vegas versus Colorado. It's two yes. powerhouses. It's what everybody predicted. Didn't give anybody else a chance. And I don't know. Oh, hey, hey, by the way, real quick shout out to Johnny Venus. You couldn't be on the show tonight because you're in Mississippi. I forgot about that. Oh, word. That's that's legit reason. Yeah, that's 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 a legit one. Yeah, so you're you're forgiven. Yeah, I don't I don't know. So it's interesting, kind of like the what happened, and kind of like also the kind of perception of also Ryan Reese kind of also I think slightly kind of changed with some blue at least some fans I saw. Like a lot of fans were just like, oh, protecting his players and whatever. And yeah, either way. Probably shouldn't have been done. Mind you, he also cross-checked the goalie in the back of the head, too, right before that. I was just going to say, I kind of wonder if that played into why he got a a bigger penalty than than Tom Wilson did. Because he did totally cross-check. Oh, yeah. and Far more blatant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Far more more blatant. 
Yeah, agreed. And last little Colorado bit before we move on to our St. Louis Blues talk. So oh. the, go ahead. Also on that same play, raise your hand if you saw Alex Petrangelo turtle on the ice like he always does and not do anything uh, to try to Yet again. I was like, oh, look. We saw that all the time. Oh, who was man. the dude? Was it Jamie Ben? It was Jamie Ben sat on. Jamie Ben sat. This was Brandon Saad who actually and this was who, like, Saad, pulled him down. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, is he gonna sit on him? I, I literally had that thought. I go, oh my god, Petro, come on, buddy. He's gonna sit on him. That's yeah. okay. He's making Honda. He's making Honda money now for that. Yeah, hey, good for him. I am I'm in front mad. of his actual house. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. So. Last Colorado news. So the Gary Bettman today, or maybe yesterday at this point upheld the um, suspension against Nazem Kadri for eight games. So yep. he can go to an independent arbitrator at this point uh, and do it. But I, I'm almost got a feeling by the time he goes through all this. So he's at the, this is only game. Let's see. This is game three of eight then technically. Correct. Cause yeah, tomorrow will be, tomorrow will be four. Yeah. So who knows by the time they get three to and this. Four, he missed three and four in St. Louis. Game one. He missed game one. Did, I, they're not going to no. settle it by tomorrow. Did no. that happen in Colorado? I thought it happened in St. Louis. No, it was game two. It was game two. Uh, okay. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, but no. So, yeah, so it was interesting. So, he so he has a chance as per the CBA rules. He can still do another uh, appeal. So, we'll see if it goes that far. I don't I don't know. So, who knows by the time. Colorado obviously is not missing him at this point. No. <laughs> so, yeah. so uh, they, I'm sure they're like, yeah, you can keep sitting out as long as possible. We're, we're cool either way. Yeah. So last, so finally on to blues news. So uh, last bit of news before we get into the whole uh, grading process here is the blues did have a free agent depart today and a free agent signing today. So the departure first. Uh, so I guess you could say Detroit officially won the trade now with the Robbie Fabry trade. So uh, <laughs> yes. Jacob Delarose signed a three-year deal with a, a, one of the uh, teams in Sweden today that oh, I cannot pronounce. No. I'm going to try to pronounce. So, Come on, try it. No, <laughs> uh, no, we'll, we'll, right. we'll, no. Maybe, maybe I'll try it a little bit later. But right now, plus it's uh, not up on that screen right now. So anyway, so does he get paid in money or does he get paid in cheap furniture and meatballs? Uh, or so I would say, and, I would say Swedish or gummy, gummy fish, basically too. Also yeah. acceptable. Yeah, yeah, so. and beautiful women and perfect weather and a good economy. Good for terrible for him. I mean, yeah, for three years. So. <laughs> So the Blues do retain his rights. If he ever decides to come back here, don't know if that's going to happen. Like, hey. like, like everybody just pointed out, he has a lot of things going for him going back to Sweden. So, hey, new Sabotka, there we go. No, oh, just wait, oh, wait for him to come back. Comes back and we, we Buffalo overpay Sabres him. Sabers in twenty twenty five. Yeah, so we overpay we'll for him for and then overpay for him and then trade for somebody on to him for uh, somebody in Buffalo. So highly possible. I'll, I'll take it. So the uh, signing was uh, the two thousand nineteen draft pick of the Blues. I want to try to pronounce this one though, Keenan. Washington. Yep, sure. That yep. Sounds, sounds good. good. Yep. Love it. So, so I'm going with that because that's about the closest I can get to saying it. But it's also fun to say. Yeah. So three-year entry. So yeah, 2019 draft pick. Uh, three-year entry deal like any normal uh, rookie gets coming out of the uh, – where is he? Where is he? Drafted in the fifth round, 155 overall. Uh, he spent the majority of the season over in Slovakia. So nine goals, ten assists. 110 penalty minutes and 20 in 21 games. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So that's awesome. So he's averaging so almost a point a game and a fighting major a game. So blues fans are gonna love him. Yes. 
St. Louis will love him. Welcome so, home. South County's South County's new favorite player. Yep. <laughs> so sorry, Cam. So he was a, he was a, he was in the OHL before that uh, with 114 points, 152 penalty minutes, and 176 games. So kind of went a little penalty minute crazy this year. I want to say I, wanna, I hope that's not a typo because 110 penalty minutes that's that's amazing. That's in 21 games. Yes, that's so, a yeah. smash type of. Hockey. That's that's over yeah. five minutes a game. That's awesome. Good for him. Hey. So he's going to be fantastic in San Antonio. Can't wait. Give him 69. Springfield. Be hilarious. Springfield. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Springfield. Sorry. No longer San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. for this the, year. So another death piece for the Blues to stock up in, you know, in case people are getting called up. Because so hopefully you're getting somebody like Costin called up next year. And, uh, you know, anybody that can help out the blue line or somebody that help out the left wing side because, man, it's pretty thin over there. Let's be honest. So Agreed. we'll talk about that. We're going to go through our grades for the Blues this season. So right now we're going to base this off of point production right now. And then, you know, that's how I'm moving down the list for anybody following along at home. So the top point getter on the Blues this year was DP57. So David Peronic, you know, 58 points. So over a point a game. The first person to do that since Pavel Dimitra. Uh, 21 penalty minutes. Plenty of power play. 21 power play points as well. So, um, I'll go around. I'll start this. Obviously, we'll just do the simple. We'll go pluses and minuses. We'll make it simple. A through F. Go that. Easy here. He gets an A. A. If you give him anything besides the A, you're stupid. Agreed. Yeah, so. Give him an A on his jersey, even. Do that, too. Yeah, he is slowly. And a new contract. Correct. Uh, Just come up. He did a joke in the the post. uh, Caught that. Yeah, after the season presser he gave where he came out and said he probably would have been ready. We talked about this on the last podcast, but he would have been ready for game five. Yeah. Or no, take it back. When we Chris recorded, record, we recorded on game four, Chris, excuse yeah. me. So we did not get over this. But so David Perron came out and said he cleared protocol on game four was the last day of his protocol. So if they made it to game five, there was a chance. He said if they let him, he was going to do everything as yeah. possible to play in game five. Would they let him? Hmm, I don't know. Yeah, but he would have been cleared to play in Game Five. He was hoping to be cleared for Game Five. Yeah, and then he said, "Hey, man, just give me an eight-year uh, extension. Let me finish it out here." And then so I loved it. Do yep. we know if he just tested positive or if he actually had it? He te- he said he had some very minor symptoms. Yeah, um, early on, the first couple of days, then was fine after that. Um, so we so we didn't talk about the last podcast. So we'll just go into it super quick. So. The three guys that tested positive, which would have been David Perron, Jake Wallman, and Nathan Walker. All three of those guys were vaccinated, and all three had it. So hmm. very strange that yeah that happened, considering that's a very, like a very, not a, you know, like a 1% chance of that happening already, or 2% chance of whatever they say of it happening. And it happened to three guys on the team. Mind you, they had a bunch of false positives on the team, which they thought might have been the problem, but it, unfortunately yeah. it wasn't. So, you know, he said he would just felt more bad sitting on the sidelines and was this, he said this was really hard to take because he couldn't do anything basically. Yeah. I felt bad for him. I think he would have caused a difference in some games. Would the outcome be different? I don't think so. I agree. What, what Jason and I said last podcast is, do I think David Perron changes the outcome of the series? No, but do I think that, David Perron 
maybe helps us win one of those like game two where it was four to three before the empty netters went in. Yep. Yeah, possibly. I agree. I, I think I totally that maybe agree. you're looking at a five game or a six game series instead of getting swept out. I called six games. It didn't go six. I, I think I, got, I had Colorado in six also. Yeah. I had, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, it would have been interesting to have a full kind of everybody completely healthy. You I mean even guy having guys they talked about having guys like Carl Gunnarsson healthy. Not saying like oh, sure, but having no, nothing against uh, Nico Mikola, who's still working his way to being a pretty decent defenseman. But having somebody want, veteran back uh, there, you want Gunnarsson, Carl Gunnarsson or you want Santini? Yeah, I think nothing I against have him. Jake Wallman. Yeah, and Jake Wallman would have been or back Wallman. there too. Yeah, you would have had. It would have been very different in having actually Falk back there and stuff. I think it would have been interesting to see how it would have turned out. So, Has there been any update on Falk, by the way? Nothing. Uh, he is partying with uh, the guys in Vegas right now, so I'm guessing he's okay. All according, right. Well, that's According to Jordan Cairo's uh, Instagram that somebody posted online today on nice. Twitter that I saw that him, Colton Pareko, Justin Falk, and it looked like Tyler Bozak were partying at uh, some kind of party in uh, Vegas. It's, probably, awesome. it's actually probably Petro's house. That's true. We're playing in the uh, in the golf simulator. Yeah. So something I wanted to touch on uh, before we get too deep into the grades and talking about you know people who are injured and things like that. So I know it came out at the end of the playoffs that Tarasenko said that he had a groin injury and that was hampering his play. But the dude immediately jumps on a plane and goes to Russia to play in the World Championships. So can it be that bad? Today he scored a shootout goal and the, the boost him to a win. So that's so. my thing is like, and I'm, I'm not saying that there's not a groin injury. Right. But what I'm saying is it's, it's, it just seems convenient to me that specifically in the case of Tarasenko, every year that the blues get eliminated, as soon as it's done, he announces, oh, I was playing with this injury, which, okay, maybe you were like, obviously last year you were, you had surgery again. Yeah. But if if your groin is that injured that it's inhibiting your play, why are you immediately going and playing for Russia instead of giving that thing a rest so that you're full on healed and ready for the next NHL season? Right. Because I mean, groin injuries, take a it's while. not like, yeah, it's not like you just sit down for like, all right, I'll take three weeks off and it'll, it'll be fine. Like you can think you're fine. Take one shift and re-aggravate it and you're back to square one. Yeah. I would say probably what helped him out is that the ice is so much wider and they probably have him just literally sitting in a taste hey, it over here and shoot it kind of mode that he probably wants to keep it worked and keep it going too. I mean, I get it. I, I just, I would be a terrible general manager. I really would because like I, we're I would all the best GMs. Come on. We know better. Well, I mean, I would be like, no motherfucker. You are not, you are not going to go over to Russia and play on a hurt groin when I'm paying you a million bajillion monopoly money dollars. Right. To play for my team. And you did nothing until the game was out of hand in game four. Yeah. Nothing. Kind of like the San Jose series back in 2016 when he yeah Tarasenko was invisible until the series was out of hand and then miraculously he put two in the net. Hey, go ahead and give him the grade since we're talking about him and we can you know, roll on to him. We'll go on to him then. Hey, sir. just roll on to him real quick. Sorry yeah. for everyone listening at home. We're talking about 
you know, yeah. scroll down quite a bit here. So he goes I'm down to give to, him an eye for incomplete. All right. So 24. So really quick, 24 games, four goals, 10 assists. His regular season stats, by the way, 14 points with a minus seven. Uh, so shooting percentage, a lot lower than normal in the 6% range. So, yeah, what do you, Chris goes incomplete. I go with, uh, I go with a C just because he, you're being very look, generous. It's me. It just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd be a really awful teacher. So he, uh, you know, times where he, like he have a shifter, like there was a couple of games in the Colorado game. Like he looked in game one, he yeah. looked engaged the first like handful first of shifts. five minutes. Yeah. He, he was great. Hit a post. He was driving the net. He was, yeah. he was what you wanted. And then it he, just all went away. All and, then, and then he was done until game four. So that's he why was I was like, that you saw like, it's just inconsistency. And it's like, you got two more years at $7.5 million left on his current deal. For he has to re- regain a certain form the next two years to make the Blues think. And I'm not one of those guys who's like, let's put him on the expansion thing and let's let Seattle take him. And I'm like, Seattle's not going to take a do with broke shoulder. That's like, we can put him on there. Yeah. So it's you know, so I'm in, and so it's just like they're not going to take them. him. I'd be surprised. I get I get the star power thing. I get that, but I think there's other guys you can take from other teams to help with that. Um, Zach Parisi. Uh, I think Oshie's sure. Oshie's going in. Sure. Well, yeah. yes, yeah. But anyway, but yeah. So I think a C is what I'm, I'm going with due to being his up and down inconsistency after he came back. I'm gonna go have have to give my boy a D. That's kind of, D for disappointment. Well, there you yeah. go. That's perfect. Yeah. So he just uh, yeah. Like I said, it was an interesting uh, year for him. So he is at the point where a lot of the. Uh, Focus isn't going to be on his performance the next two years because if he is a shell of himself, there's no way the Blues can give him that kind of money going forward. Jason, we talked about this a ton going into the season and throughout the season as his return to the lineup got closer in in regards to what Vladimir Tarasenko do you get back from this injury? And, you know, I said repeatedly, like, if he gets hurt again, like, if it's the shoulder again, he's Robbie Fabry. He's done. Yeah. But but even with the three surgeries, I wasn't sure what we were going to get back. And, and I don't know if he's ever going to be that forward that we had in the beginning. And I'll even go back to the 2019 playoffs because he was solid in those playoffs. He put quite a few in the net. I just don't know if that player ever comes back. And I, I'm sure we'll get into this as we talk about our wish list in the offseason. But, and I can't believe I ever would say this like realistically. And we've kind of kicked the can around a few times in the past. But like, if the right situation came up, I would be okay with this team parting ways with Vladimir Tarasenko in the offseason. Like it, yeah, it's crazy. It ain't, it ain't show friends. It's show business. And $7 million for a dude who's put it in how many this year? Four? Four. That's Taylor Hall and Buffalo money. Right. You know, yeah. like you're not paying $7 million for goals that you can count on one hand. I don't care right. that he played 25 games or not. Like, dude, he should be at least 10 goals in 25 games. He just should be. I'm sorry. If you're paying him that yeah. money, that's what you expect. That's sniper money. 
Yes. Yeah. I agree. Oh, I agree. Quick stat just before we go on to this. I saw a stat I thought was interesting. So, do you know right now in the currently in the playoffs, you know, fifth out of the top 16 players, paid players in the league, 15 are out? Yeah. I'm uh, sure. Yeah. Yep. So, so, who is the, the one of the who's the player that's left? Carrie Price, what? right? Correct. Yeah. Carrie Price yeah. is the only one in the top 16 that's left, top paid players that's left in the league, which is kind of crazy to think about. So, it's kind of interesting. That might play a factor in GM's kind of thinking going forward. Yeah. Do you need to pony up for big dollar guys or can you get by? Well, you got people like Nathan McKinnon taking hometown discounts. I think you yeah. paid like six, six mil or something million, like that. Yeah. Six yeah. or seven million dollars a year. I uh, think that's not going to last longer for that. So the one position where you're always going to overpay is in goal. Yes. Because there's just, there's such a shortage of home run goalies. Yep. And, you know, I mean, obviously, in the case of Carey Price, they were paying for the front end of his time in Montreal. Um, but, I mean, look, was he great in that series against Toronto? He wasn't great. Game seven was, was great. Game he was seven. real good. Yeah. Game seven was he? Good. I mean, he didn't yeah. have to do that much. In the third period, he was great when they fired almost 20 yeah. shots on goal. So, I mean, I, I would say that Bennington played as good as Carey Price in the first round. I agree. The I difference could, was the team in front of Carey Price, like, was hungry and went out there and outskated a far superior team. Yep. Montreal yeah. is statistically the worst team to make the playoffs. Worse than the Blues. Blues were second worst team. Yep. And they and took they... Toronto the distance and whooped their butt in Game Seven. Yep. So it's something the yeah Toronto is a. Uh... My two picks for the last two, uh, I picked the Blues and Toronto to go at it for the finals, and they're both out in the first round. So my uh, bracket is completely busted, so not <laughs> looking great. So anyway, we'll move on to more Blues grades. So the captain, yeah. Ryan O'Reilly, is next. He had this should be eight, fast. 54 points, 56 games, 24 goals, to and 30 assists. Also, which is a stat, which is amazing right here, plus 26. Mm-hmm. Love it. That's uh, That's Considering how the Blues were at times, that's kind of amazing. Yeah. So obviously, easy grade here. He has a C on his chest, but he gets an A. A. I give him an A minus, and the only reason I give him the minus, you're breaking the rules. I said no minuses. I thought you said we were doing minuses and pluses. No, no minuses. Fine, then just A. A. I only (laughs) also say my only knock on him this year had nothing to do with anything on the ice. It it fell into I think that he went to the Alex Petrangelo school of post-game press conferences. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, when things were going bad for the Blues, it was the same old, same it's old. It's on like, me. I need to work yeah, harder. Yeah, we're really disappointed. We, I got to work harder. Like, every game, that was what it was. And I was like, yeah. it got to the point where I was like, I swear to God, if you say that again, Take a I'm going to come down there and just beat you with your own stick. <laughs> so, yeah. Ryan O'Reilly does no wrong in my eyes. He's been a dude I've been following since Colorado. He's been on my fantasy team for, like, seven yeah. years. Love him. A. He uh, he's he's proved me not wrong because I always knew that he was a good player. My fear when we traded for O'Reilly was that you know he played on a not great Colorado team and a not great Buffalo team. Is I was afraid this was going to be like Ryan Miller. Like, is he really that good, or is he just a decent player on crappy right. teams? Right. But that guy from the, from the day he showed up on the ice. Even in the beginning of the 2019 season, when it looked like we were going to blow this team up, 
the one guy from game one through game 82 who you knew the effort was there every night was Ryan O'Reilly. And that hasn't changed since they, since they won the cup, that guy is hands down the on ice leader of this team. Yep. I questioned, I was kind of like, Oh man, they gave him the C, which I was happy about, but I was like, I don't know. Is he now? He shut me up. Yeah. That was, I guess that was my only question with him ever. I was like, Oh man, who else would you have given it to? I don't know. I, I, I mean, I thought maybe Pareko. You know who I wanted it to go to because I think that he's he had earned it and his Steiner. love for the well his love for the city like shows through from the fact that he's come back three times and only signed to deal with us is I would I wouldn't it. have been upset with Perron having the C that I, dude loves everything about this team and city. Yep, I love him. Yep. I love oh, DP. Only phrasing, and he's only gotten a better. Uh, with an age too, which is interesting. So he's the like as Doug Armstrong said in his press conference. If you look at you know analytics and how players trend, you know obviously get older, you trend trend down. But he is him and Martin St. Louis are the he said the two that are breaking the mold not of David actually Backus, getting better. No? And not David Beckham, unfortunately, yeah, that's a little too early. Playoff and so the Blues. Uh, Austin I guess, did so did Anaheim. Yeah, yes, true. Mm. So so one of the one of the two. Uh, Big free agent signings in the offseason. Uh, it comes in next. Mike Hoffman, 52 games, 17 goals, 19 assists for 36 points, a plus two still after everybody kind of talked about his, uh, you know. Defensive lacking. Yeah, so three game-winning goals, second on the team there. Uh, and two of them were overtime winners too. Uh, very good on the power play. Yep. Led the way with seven power play goals. Uh, had a couple of six-on-five goals too. Uh uh, early on, you know, he had he has de- he's never known for his defense. We obviously knew that going in. He was there right. as a hired gun to be out there and get that power play like yep. humming. And unfortunately, not early on. It, I mean, it took a while for that to get going. Same with Tory Crew. We can we'll talk about that in a little bit here. But Mike Hoffman, I I'm going to go with a I'm going with a B. And just because he did what he came to do, score goals. And you know, some games he definitely did the floating thing, but we knew that was going to happen. But he went there's a couple of times when we needed some goals, and when we had those power play goals, that one timer he got he scored. Yes, so that's what I'm basing it off of. He gets a B from me. Yeah, I'll say I'll, I would probably have to agree with you. B, it's not what I wanted him to be. Like, I don't know, I, I'm teetering between a B and a C to be honest with you because I. I wanted him to be such a better fit, but he just wasn't. Uh, but but you have, you can't pass up the overtime winners and the like. Hey, we need we need a goal with a minute left. Let's pull the goal and do a one timer, and it goes in every time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you can't get mad. So I'll give him a B. I'm gonna make this complicated because it's what I do. Uh, he gets. You to make it a four hour podcast. Sure, he gets a split season grade for me. The the pre trade deadline grade for him is F. The post trade deadline grade for him is A. And I'll give him an average of a B, uh, like, like like what Bond said. I wanted this to be a fit. I think that the work ethic, the first half of the season, was not there, um, as evident by the fact that when he would get benched, he would come back and score two goals in one game, and then go back to just being invisible again. And that happened twice. Yep. Um, but something clicked after the trade deadline. I don't know if it was him going, "I got to play for a deal somewhere else" or what. But he was automatic, and he was what you wanted to see from game one. So um, I, 
I, I think that he can be a fit with this team. I don't know how much interest he has in coming back. It, it sounded like there was uh, problems perhaps between him and Barube. Yeah. But uh, I would say overall, I give him a B. He definitely like redeemed himself uh, the second part of the season. I love it. I like it. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what we'll talk about in our offseason, talking a little bit here. So keep things moving. Braden Shen, 16 goals, 20 assists, minus two. Uh, massive scoring drought this year, and that's what brings my grade down. Um, the effort was there a lot of the nights, but unfortunately, you just signed a huge deal, and you're getting paid a lot of money to help put pucks in the net. And, uh, you know, at the end there, he kind of turned – at the beginning, he had like a sandwich season. Beginning of the year, he was really good, and then yep. he had a prolonged, like – drought of like nothing happening and now it coincided <laughs> As did the whole team exactly yeah. what i say it coincided <laughs> with the team not doing well which is interesting you may yeah. correlate the two and then kind of there at the end these are playing better and getting the goal here or there and teams play better so 35 points or excuse me 36 points total so I, he gets a c from me so considering it was very inconsistent and you're technically are if you can make the argument number one center you know you're yeah. you know and you didn't really have a great year so yeah. c I agree. I would do. I would do a C as well. It was a. It was just a eh, season from him. Just he he plays with a lot of heart. That's why it's not a D. I give him a B because of the heart. The reason I don't grade him down is because the whole team went through that slump. It wasn't just him. That's true. Uh, and and he like again he and O'Reilly. You never question their 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 hustle and their effort. It's there. You see Agreed. them like. Braden Shen, if he's if he's not tallying points on the score sheet, he's putting people under the glass. Um, You're and right. That's why I, I gave him a B, just because he may not have statistically had a Braden Shen esque year, but that dude put it all out there every game. Yeah, I like it. I I was calling him uh, Braden Shanahan for. A bit I mean, there was a lot of similarities in their game this season for yeah. sure. Like yeah. he was very very physical. Not necessarily like I wouldn't call him power forward. No. Yeah, like he, he wasn't afraid to throw his weight around. Agreed. Yep. So interesting. Braden Chin. So next one, uh, you could call a breakout season. I was made a little hard on him early in the uh, season or maybe like mid-season where you can hit like the team went through a slump. Uh, Jordan Cairo, 14 goals, 21 assists, uh, plus one. Like I said, a breakout, I think a breakout year. I think he's proven that he is an NHL player and not a tie ratty. So I will say yes. that much, uh, which was always a concern of mine because I was considered their stature, you know, their stature. But uh, Kyrou can actually skate, which actually helps and has skill. So uh, Kyrou, I'm going to go with a little bit higher, even though, uh, like I said, we're not, not doing pluses and minuses. And I, that's uh, my rule. So I'll stick with it. And he gets a B then for me. I'm going to give the young man an A. And I'll tell you this, because he gave fans something to look forward to, give him yep. confidence. When he touched the puck, you're like, mm-hmm. holy crap, this kid's so fast. Oh. I had zero expectations from him. I thought he was going to be a bottom six player. Same. And then he busted out, and I was like, all right. And he just kept on doing stuff. Yes, he had the little slump during the middle of the year. But we have, we have another – we have a legit player on our team. And we didn't yeah. – it's a second rounder once again. We strike gold in the second round. I'm giving the kid an A because he's he's going to be up there next year. Because we're not doing plus and minuses, I'm just going to say that he gets a really, really strong B. Um, I, I I can't give him an A just because I you know to me like if you if it, if it's an A like holy crap all season long. 
Uh, but that dude, like you said it, it was a breakout season for him. And he, he proved that he belongs on this team mm-hmm. and he belongs on this team in a top nine or top six role. Yeah. Love it. So, yeah. And also, also Chris really likes his second rounder because Jordan Cairo was the second round pick we acquired for Brian Elliott. So Moose. So that's why Chris really likes it. So, GTFO. Yep. <laughs> Brian so we, we got we got what we needed out of Mr. Moose. Yes, so, we did. Yes, we did. Awesome dude. He was an awesome dude. I partied yeah. with him once. Great time. <laughs> I got no problems with him as a guy. None at all. I got no problems with him as a player. I just uh, we've talked about this so many times. Yeah. And you get it as a blues fan. Like blues fans attach so much sentimental value to players. And I'm like, guy, that 2016 run was the anomaly. It wasn't the norm. Yes. And we did exactly Armstrong did what he needed to do. He traded when the stock was high. Yep. And he did it. Yep. And look great. what he got. Look what he got from us. Yep. So it worked out. So next is probably the Blues big offseason acquisition. That'd be Tory Krug. 51 games, two goals, 30 assists. So <clears> assists <throat> were uh up there, which is nice to see. Uh, you know, plus eleven. You know, but uh I think the goal production you wish would more. I think having the burden of being a top line defenseman. And not maybe acclimating with the team. I, I say it's a Justin Falk year, which is why I, yes. yeah, I almost want to give him an incomplete to a degree, but he played enough games, so I really can't do that. So I'm going to go with, the, like Chris said, I will give him a strong, hmm, I'll give him a C because the def, he just, we paid him a lot of money to be here. Yep. It's been proven that, which we'll talk about in the offseason, in our offseason, like little talk, that I think. He is a very good second line, like second pairing second guy. Pairing. Off, yeah, and can fill in in a pinch on your first pairing, which is nothing wrong with that. But and be a very good power play guy and move the puck up and be a very good puck rushing defenseman. And that's what he was in Boston, and which is why I think how good he was. He had other guys kind of do the heavy lifting, and maybe he'll grow into that role. Maybe I'll one hundred percent be wrong, but you know. But for right now, I think that's kind of what he is. So I think a solid C for Tory Krug in his inaugural year with the Blues, but I think it's definitely room to grow and get better, just like Justin Falk did. I'm going to give a Homer discount of a B because that's thirty what two assists, thirty assists, thirty, 30 assists, yeah, thirty assists. Thirty assists is solid. nothing to sneeze at, you know what I mean? And he started to pick it up at the end. I think he was adjusting to, hey man, I got to be PK power play five and five, three on three. I think he was adjusting to all that. And he's not playing with Patrice Bergeron and David Pasternak. So as you're, you know, when you're three and three. So, but I give him a B because I, I think next year he's going to come in and I know this is grading on this year, but I'm, I'm giving him uh, futures on this. He's a B. Uh, I give him a C. I I hope that he is very much on the uh, Justin Falk plan of taking this season to acclimate to a new system in a new city. Uh, again, like what Bond said, you can't turn your nose up at the 30 assists. We definitely would have liked to have seen more offense from his stick as far as him putting pucks in the net. Uh, but again, you know, he's coming in and replacing a guy who is a perennial Norris trophy candidate. And I get that the player Petrangelo was leans more to the player that Justin Falk is. And he's really going to be the guy who becomes the new Petro, not Tory Krug. Um, but you obviously saw the difference in this defense with yeah. Krug versus Petro. And I hope that 
next year sees him have a better all around season. I think that the potential's there. I'm not upset at the signing nor the length of the contract. Uh, I, I pray and hope and do believe he'll have a great, greater season next year. And I give him a C. Boom. Love okay. it. All right. We'll keep rolling forward here. So we just talked about him. Justin Falk, 56 games, seven goals, 18 assists, plus 11. Uh, so a rebound year, to say the least. I think maybe miscast last uh, last season, being the kind of third pairing guy, not playing his offside a little bit. Um, definitely proved a lot of people wrong, including myself, uh, wrong. So that's a good thing. So Justin Falk being showing that he can, I would say, definitely not 100% fill in Alex Petrangelo's uh, shoes, but but a pretty darn good replacement for so shows Army what at least knows a little bit what he's talking about and what he's doing. So that gives me uh, hope and that he knows what he's doing going forward. So Justin Falk being the guy who's playing almost 30 minutes a night uh, near the end there, uh, mm-hmm. he gets an A for me. I'm good. It's exactly the exact last point you made is exactly why I'm giving him an A. He, he's our new workhorse. He's putting up, you know, 05 Bowmeister minutes. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> and he, he's reliable. He backed up his team and he did every single job correctly like he was awesome he was all he was our best defender that's it he uh he gets an a for me and he also gets my most improved award for the yes uh, a for a for improvement for sure yeah i i think that this was this was the justin falk that we we thought we were getting last season when the trade came Uh, absolutely this is the one i thought this is the justin falk i was like we just fleeced carolina by sending edmondson and dominic bach which he might turn out to be a stud who knows, but I was like, Oh my God, we got Falk and we signed him for an yeah. extra six or seven years. I was yep. like, Holy crap. I mean, who would have thought Edmondson would have been leading the league in plus minus, but yeah, but yeah, on, diff- on, a, on a different team too. So we'll look at that. Yes. that way too. So um, the last, uh, before we move on from Justin Falk, I'll say the comment that uh, Doug Armstrong made, I thought was very telling about the team. He said, there's only basically I'm paraphrasing here, three guys that had a very good season. That'd be, David Perron, Ryan O'Reilly, and Justin Falk. Everyone else on the team, including himself, himself like Doug Armstrong, needs to improve next year for this team to succeed. So he basically yeah. called out the rest of man as much as we uh, were gloating over, um, you know, guys like Cairo and you know other, and such. So it just shows that other guys need to step up this year, and maybe with coming out of this COVID uh, haze, that this you know things getting back to normal. Fans are in the stands again, except for in Canada, slowly getting there. Um, mm-hmm. it's nice to see like when playoff hockey having a lot of fans and it just adds a different element. So maybe that will help this team because it seems ever since COVID hit, this team has not been the same, uh, Berube and, uh, Armstrong really didn't have an answer for that. And I think nobody really does on why the team has suffered. It's very yeah. odd. Uh, so we'll see, hopefully next year, I think it's back to normal and this team can get back to being a very good team. So now we're in a section of guys that were injured a good chunk of the season and it might not come back the next season. So, Starting with the trio of this trio is Jaden Schwartz, Vince Dunn, and Tyler Bozak. So, we'll do Jaden Schwartz first, 40 goals. Excuse me, 40 goals. That'd be a blessing. 40 games, eight goals, 13 assists, 21 points, a plus two. Um, struggled mightily this season, to say the least. Um, yeah. I think, obviously, like, obviously, if everybody goes through stuff, he lost his father at the beginning of everything. And who knows, that played a factor in everything. Plus, having an injury didn't really help. So, hit an oblique injury is what was reported. 
So had another down year. So outside of the 2019 playoffs, he hasn't been a really kind of consistent player. Uh, so the Blues, who knows, who would have thought after 2019 season, there'd be even a question we might not re-sign Jaden Schwartz. And right. now it's looking more and more, more that the Blues will not be re-signing Jaden Schwartz. So um, before we get into all that, let's go with a grade. And I go with a D. I'm going to agree. I, I'll, You know what? No, I'm going to give him a C because of this dad. I feel yeah. bad. Yeah. I, he's never going to hear this and whatever, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm giving him a C. That's fine. He gets a D. I really want to give him an F, but he gets a D. Yeah. Uh, I just – there's so much inconsistency and – I feel like he gets a pass for some reason where other players are quick to get like ridden hard when yeah. they go through these long droughts. And and for whatever reason, Jaden Schwartz is bulletproof from the criticism. I don't know if it's because he was so great in the 2019 playoff run or what, but it's, it's that said, like it's hard for me to think that we could let him walk because He's going to have a great year somewhere. Yes. You just know it's going to happen. He, and that's why I would almost want to see the Blues between now and whenever free agency is work out some sort of a sign and trade with somebody to get something back. Right. Prospects, draft picks, something. Because there's so much meat left on that bone of Jaden Schwartz as a player that you hate to see him walk and then finally be able to put it all together. And I I feel like he still has that, that possibility to do that. He just hasn't done it here. He's had streaks of phenomenal play. And then straight up, I was at game three of the Colorado series and forgot he was on the ice until until he missed that breakaway in the third period. Forgot he was playing. That's how invisible he was in that game. And I just, no good. that's a lot of money for a, for a lot of streakiness. And yep. this team has got a lot of those dudes right now. And I don't think that they can afford to, if they want to keep that cup window open. So a D for him. And I think D stands for departure. Boom. Boom. And speaking of possible departures, Vince Dunn. Uh, our favorite potato chip eating defenseman gets uh, six goals and 14 assists uh, minus eight missed the last part of the season and all the playoffs uh, was reported after the fact it was a concussion. So I did not, we were assuming it was an injury, not a concussion. So I was kind of saying, why can't you play through it? But obviously concussion, he was not ready. According to Armstrong, he's the, was, I think he was cleared by the doctors, but he but Dunn said he was not ready to go play. Right. So he never played in the playoffs. So, Conspiracy theorist, whatever you want to say, he was holding out so he doesn't get injured in case they lose or think about trading him, whatever you want to say. Uh, at the end of the day, has Vince done, you know, he got more time on the top pairings this year with Pareko, especially, and it never really blossomed. He never, he wanted more responsibility. That's why he said in his contract he wanted to, uh, you know, be more of the guy that's there, not just a specialist. And unfortunately, we never saw that. So, um, for me, uh, he gets a – we're grading on that. I would say a D as well. Yeah, I think uh, uh, my theme is going to be C 
probably for Bozy as well. Uh, it just like an incomplete grade. Like he was present, but he was hurt. So I don't feel like it's a fair sample size, but I do, but I don't. You know what I mean? It's just Dunner just, I don't know if he wants to leave. I don't, I don't necessarily think he wants to leave, but I don't blame him if he had a concussion and was like, well, what am I going to risk getting popped in the head and then it ends my career or a chance to go somewhere else or something like that, you know? But I'll say C. Uh, I give him a D, echoing what Jason said. I think that if you're going to put yourself out there and negotiate a deal that is going to be up at the end of this following season, you're basically betting on yourself to have a breakout year. And right. he did not do that. He did not. He had a, a, a fine season, but it was nothing more than we've seen in seasons past, which tells me you are what you are. Um, I think he is going to look awesome next year in the Seattle jersey. Highly possible if the Blues don't trade him and try to get something for him, which is highly, which is possible because they were shopping him. Remember at the beginning of the season, they were shopping him and uh, he yeah, was right. making those mistakes. So last one we kind of in uh, Bond kind of alluded to, Ty Bozak, five goals, 12 assists. Guy who I was 100% thinking the Bulls would not bring back due to their center depth, but Tyler Bozak might have been their best behind Ryan O'Reilly, their best center down the stretch. Um, so I think he might have played himself to a new contract. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit, obviously. Five goals, 12 assists. Uh, I go with a C. Obviously, the injured, the concussion due to Mark Stone kind of plays into it. But I would say, eh, you know what? I'm going to bump that up, actually. Due to his play at the end, I'm going to give him a B. So I think there's a decent chance the Blues bring him back if they can make the money work. Uh, we'll see. Chris, what, is he, what do you say? Jason Jason had a positive Tyler Bozak comment. Yeah. Today, today, today in podcast history. <laughs> um, I love Tyler Bozak. I always have. Me too. And I, I think Jason said it exactly right. I, I think that down that stretch when we needed points – and we needed wins, Tyler Bozak stepped up. And I think that he played himself into a indispensable role. And the problem is, I think Armstrong overpaid him three years ago. And I think Armstrong panicked because I don't think he was positive the O'Reilly deal was going to happen. And he needed to put something up on the board to show the fans and so he went and he grabbed Tyler Bozak and he yeah. probably overpaid. Now the problem is I don't know if Tyler Bozak takes a hometown discount. If he does, I think he comes back. Yep. But if he wants much more than he's making now, I don't know if he's worth it. No, he's like, not a 5.5 I mean, million dollar no, player. No, no. I, I mean, I would four give and him half, f- I'm in. four and a half or five, or even if he wants to stay even, Cool. Like if you yeah. just want to sign an extension, cool. But if he wants to hit that six mark, I don't think it happens here. And that sucks because I think he's a very serviceable third line center, yep. PK guy and power play guy. I 100%. would love to see him come back. I give him a B. God, I hope he comes back, but I don't know if he's going to be willing to take the uh, money that the blues will offer. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the blues uh, do there. So, uh, you know, we'll do so a couple more. We won't go through every single person due to a couple incomplete. Something like Oscar Sunquist, obviously, who got injured and was out most of the year. Yeah, uh, Sunny always gets an A from me no matter what because I love yeah. it. Yeah, and then uh, we'll do a, we'll do three more. 
and then I picked out here, and then we'll do our we'll do it, and then we'll go to the goalies real quick. So obviously, guys like we'll talk about Nico Mikola and Jake Wallman. I think have a decently bright future, and I think uh, we can give them decent grades. A uh, guy like Kyle Clifford was okay. I think a C for me on that C. one. Uh, Marco Scandella. Well, what do you guys think on that one? Before I move on to my final three guys here, uh, I, I, he was okay. Let's see. He, he was. He me. was. Yeah, I would say C at best. He was pretty. Maybe. Eh, near the end, but all of us were so. Yeah, so a couple of trio of young players here. So the first one is everybody's favorite uh, whipping boy right now, Zach Sanford. Ten goals, six assists for sixteen points, so a minus thirteen in fifty-two games. He obviously was sat for a couple of games. Uh, so I, just because uh, I'm, I'll jump on the whipping boy. Uh, just because the blatant part, it's not, it's going to be weird, not his fault, but it's because he gets put in the situation over and over again. And when you're overmatched sometimes and you keep making mistakes, even though somebody puts you out there, like how much can you keep putting on the player till the coach or management realizes like, maybe this is not the guy you think he is. Yes. You know, like eventually you have to kind of realize like, maybe he shouldn't be the guy out there with 30 seconds left to protect a one goal lead. And, and, and won't get in front of a shot from the point or lose the face off or turn the puck over in the zone or, you know, whatever you want to say. I'm just going to say just there's been so many egregious mistakes that even with 10 goals, I, you have to go with just an F. Just that's just not, he just needs, I think he's a definitely one of those in the Robbie Fabry kind of like camp where he needs a change of scenery. Like you yeah. just need to change him, send him somewhere. Like, and, and it's not for, it's not, it's not for Jack Eichel. That's not going to happen. No, you don't know that. That's true. Oh, I do. I'm pretty sure I know that. Yeah. So, I, despite what Blues uh, uh, Facebook says, but anyway, F for me. I'm I'm giving him a D only because he got ten goals, but he is my new Berglund. He is my whipping boy. He's my new Brewer. He's all of it. Uh, it sucks. He can protect the puck so well in times, and he's got a wicked like snapshot. But it just what do I do? Yes. I just, he gets put in the wrong, I think you're right. He gets put in the wrong situations and I don't want to spend too much time talking about Zach Sanford. So D, see ya. Uh, D is for decide to trade him. Yeah. Word. (laughs) Uh, He gets a D for the exact same reasons you guys said. The the 10 goals keeps him from getting enough. The fact that he gets put in bad positions keeps him from getting enough, but he is the first player on this team since Eric Brewer that makes me fearful every time he has the puck in the defensive zone. Like I just know that once a game, he is going to set somebody from the opposition up beautifully in the slot. Hey, he's a great setup, it's, man. It's going to happen. Like there's so many times where there could be nobody in St. Louis uniform within 20 feet of whoever he's trying to pass to. And he puts it right on the tape of another forward from the other team right in front of Bennington and more times than not that puck ended up in the back of the net. Agreed. And I, I, I think we've all said it like he's fine. Like he's an NHL player, but I think we've seen enough of Zach yeah. Sanford and like, just send him somewhere. I, I don't care where yep. I'm with so, you. it's interesting. So two more uh, regular, like I said, a forward and defenseman here, then we'll move on to our, the goaltending. So first off, Robert Thomas, three goals, nine assists, 12 points, plus one. 
uh, injury problems once again, which led to the inconsistency. Remember, he started off the season with that like really beautiful setup. Yeah. Uh, for the first uh, first goal of the season, and they were like, "Here we go, Robert Thomas. He's gonna break out, and then just n- never can find his thing." Chris, so if I Robert Thomas has the puck going to offensive zone, what is he gonna do? He's gonna go to the corner, and then he's gonna curl back out and turn it over. Correct. So you correct in that part. I mean, that's just you kind of he has the young David Perron syndrome where you know what Perron was going to do every time he went into the zone or he'd over stick handle. Mind you, yep. a lot of times there's times where he stick handles out of the corner. I'm like, I don't know how Robert Thomas did that. Yeah. But unfortunately, that's just the what happens after that. Either the puck is turned over or nothing happens or a shot's blocked or because you know he's not going to shoot it. Unfortunately, he's a pass first guy, which is nice, he's but he's sometimes an insane you, shot. Yeah, and you got to really shot shoot it. Yeah. I know. Oh, it drives me nuts. So um, C for me, and he needs to get his act together, being an RFA. If you really, if you really think he's going to be a top six guy, which I think he has a skill set too, but you need to, you yes. need to show it pretty soon. I'm going to give him a C just because he had a all the injuries and all that stuff. In C for incomplete. Uh, and it is. And a surprise to no one, I love pass first forwards. Well, uh, yes. Um, did you guys hear that sound? That was no. the sound of Robert Thomas getting injured again. Um, uh, that's my that's my complaint with him is uh, he's made a glass. Yeah, and I I worry that this is something that's going to nag him his whole career. I want him to break out, and and we've all seen the seen the flashes. Oh my god! Like there's times where you see him and you realize this is a perennial all-star first line playmaking forward. I don't know. I don't know if it's because there were so many injuries this year, but it seemed like his game got really stagnant. Thus the joke about what's Robert Thomas going to do with the puck. He's going to go into the corner, turn around, turn it over. It was like when you play someone in an NHL, whatever on PlayStation 94, you're going to do a wraparound. And, and, and it, it's someone who, like, only knows one move. Yeah. So after a couple of periods, you're like, all right, I know to just defend against that. That's the entire league against Robert Thomas right now. Yeah. They know what he's going to do every time. So I give him a C because he was fine when he was able to play. But, again, it's another season where – long stretches of games he's not available because something is hurt on him yeah and i think that he needs to spend time with someone to break these crutches he has not shooting when like dude there was a couple of times during the season where he broke in on a two-on-one or or a situation where he was leading a rush and he had a perfect chance to put the puck on net and didn't and passed it to a wing where the guy was either double teamed and the puck got intercepted or the blues ended up not getting a shot on net on that rush. And even to the point where if you paid attention during the season, later in the season, even Kelly and Pang were starting to get annoyed with it. Yeah. And Kelly would say things like, I don't know why he didn't shoot there. Yep. So that many a time, many times. And those are guys who are homers calling games. So I, I think that, that has to be addressed in the offseason of like, homie, I, I get that you're a playmaker, but you've got to shoot when you have shots like that. Like yep. when you have those opportunities, just put it on net. 
Just put it on that. Agreed. Yep. Well said. So last guy before we move on to our goaltending is Colton Preco. Two goals, 10 assists. Uh, one more year left on his contract, and we'll talk about this in our uh, our offseason preview here. So injured again, had a back injury, and you could tell that really hampered him the first part of the year, and then he finally decided to sit out and sat out for a good 20 games. And then when he came back, he – and in the playoffs, I it was kind of the old Colton Preco. I think he was yeah. pretty decent. I mean, I'll be honest, like I was kind of like – Man, if this back injury, if it's just something that lingers, man, that's something that I don't know if you can give this guy a deal next year. But he came back and played really well. So uh, I will give him a C due to, like, I kind of started off kind of okay. Obviously, the injury kind of factors into that. The offense needs to come around. If you want to, if we, you're expecting this guy, the everybody was like, oh, we have Pareko. We can let Petrangelo go. Well, great. Yeah. Then you need to be the guy who shoots, gets yeah. the puck on net, not get it blocked, keeps the puck in the zone, uh, can move the puck up. The defensive side, I think he's great. He's very – when he's on his game, he's very good defensively, just as good as Petrangelo, I'll say. But the offense is what makes you a complete number one defenseman, and that hasn't yes. happened yet. So he needs to get that. Hopefully it happens. Uh, we'll see. So right now, a C for Colton Pareko. Yep. I, I'm giving him a C because he was playing as an A in the playoffs when he was an F at the beginning because he was hurt. Just I'm just averaging it out short no. and sweet. Good. Same, same here. And I think that uh, he's the piece that might get moved to Columbus for who, Jason? Seth Jones. Who? Seth Jones. <laughs> uh, oh, I know we've been waiting for like three days to do that, by the way. So anyway, oh, so, so, anyway, uh, so goaltending. So it's kind of a tale of two seasons or Jordan Bennington. So. Played uh, okay, pretty on 42 games played, 41 started, 18 wins, 14 losses, uh, 2.65 goals against, and a 0.91 save percentage. So no shutouts this year. So um, I think he had an okay year that went through a really bad stretch for a while there. Uh, we, uh, then he got the contract for six years, $36 million. So we have our uh, finally a young starting goaltender with a Stanley Cup on his resume already. So something Blues fans have been wanting for a long time. So we actually have that now, believe it or not. Yep. Um, the playoffs, once again, though he has not won a game since Game 7 in 2019, maybe which call it... Which is just insane. Which is insane, but not his fault this year. I say the Vancouver no. series, he was not great no. last year in the bubble, but he came to play in the Colorado series. And you can say how many goals against there were and the antics or whatever you want to call him when he was trying to get his team fired up, but he stood on his head game one. He gave that team every chance to get back into that game. And yep. they unfortunately didn't. So um, for Jordan Bennington, for me, I am going to go with a B due to the, the playoff performance and the promise that I think it, if that's the Jordan Bennington we see going forward, I think we'll be very happy going forward for the next six years of that deal. Mm-hmm. Agreed. What, I'm sorry. Would you, would you give me Jason? Uh, B. Okay. I'm going B as well. B is for Bennington, but that dude is our starting goaltender. I trust Bennington. The defense and forwards played like crap in front of him. Yep. I don't blame. He doesn't give up many bad goals this year. And I there's a, a couple that come to mind, like the short side one in Vegas and mm-hmm. a few ones here and there, but all the rest of them, like, how are you going to stop deflections and people screening you in front? That's, that leads to people not clearing in front of your net. That leads yes. to problems and your forwards not coming all the way back. So 
Bennington gets a B because he is going to take us to another final. I agree. There you go. I agree. I, I, I wish that you could combine his pre-COVID 2020 <sighs> with yes. his playoffs of this year. Yes. Is that like, the goalie that we would like to see? Yeah. Well, his playoffs last year were poop. His regular yes. season this year was okay. Yeah. But his regular season last year and playoffs this year, Unreal. phenomenal. You combine those two, and I think you have a back-to-back Stanley Cup championship team. I'm not going to argue with you there. I uh, I agree. I, I think that he's got another cup run in him. Mm-hmm. I, I, and we've talked about this as well at the end of the, the podcast last year is – I think that personnel change on defense has been part of it, but I think the defensive system change is part of it as well. And you're asking a team to play man-to-man defense that isn't equipped to play man-to-man defense. And because of that, it's hanging Bennington out to dry quite a few times per game. So you either need to go back to a zone system or you need to bring the personnel in to play man-to-man. But the problem is not Jordan Bennington at all, at all. And so I, I give him a, a strong B. The Agreed. only reason I don't give him an A is just because there was a little shakiness in the beginning of the season. But Agreed. I, my confidence in Jordan Bennington is not shook at all. If anything, he renewed it in the playoffs with the, with the way he played. Yeah, well said. Yep, exactly. So we'll get into uh, for his rookie campaign, Billy Huso, a uh, total of nine wins, six losses. Uh, one shutout. Uh, the concerning part is the goals against and the save percentage, 3.21 and 0.893. Uh, I think early on he was uh, abysmal, to say the least. Oh, boy. And I think that's part of the reason why Jordan Benton struggled because I think for a while there, the Blues weren't super confident in Huso getting in net. So I think Bennington played a lot of games early on. And then they had to throw Huso in there, eventually just give Bennington a break. Mm-hmm. And Huso had that, the, that weird trend where – he would let in a goal on the first, first or second shot. It seemed like, yeah. and but then what, he was five okay. times, yeah, five or a six lot, times, a lot. Yeah. yeah, I think it was yeah quite a bit. But then near the end, he played really like the his last game of the year. The shutout was his best game. He looked amazing that game and kept the Blues yeah. in that. So if you get something, a mix of those two, like I'm not saying you're going to get the shutout one, but hopefully you don't get to continue to get the one high was early on. Uh, he played better as it went on along. Who knows? He could now be a candidate for possibly getting picked by Seattle. It's, you never know what they're thinking. A young yeah. goalie who's only 650000 against the cap. That's not bad. Would he be exempt because of his? Uh, he's on his rookie contract? No, he's no, he is not. So he's not. He is not under his. Uh, oh, that's right. He did sign a one a one way deal. That's right. Yeah, so oh he, yeah. Yeah. So he is not on his entry level deal. Yeah, he's been right. in the minors for a while. So that's right. So he is. Uh, the Blues of the Knicks to expose a goalie. So he would be the goalie exposed in the uh, expansion draft. So I think you never know. He's a possibility. I think it's between him, if they keep Dunn around him, Dunn and Belay, possibly Barbashev is in there thrown in there too. I, I agree. Barbie's in there too. Yep. So definitely for sure. So uh, who so? I'm going with a C. So an okay rookie campaign. Yep. I'll, I'll say a C. I mean, he's a rookie goalie. It's his yeah. first year in the NHL. You're playing against. Colorado, Vegas, and everybody. What we played nine times. Yeah. Like the the kid's gonna get better. I I believe in Huso. I think he's gonna be a great backup, and I think eventually he'll be a starter. I don't know if it'll be here, but he'll be a starter somewhere. I give him a C. I, I think what what I wanted to see with Huso this year was improvement as the season went along. 
Um, the uh, the giving up goals, the first two or three shots of the game was a problem, but he seemed to figure that out. Um, what impressed me more than his shutout, Jason, was the game before that against Minnesota, when Minnesota was still fighting to possibly be number one in the West. Mm-hmm. They put what, like damn near 50 shots on him? Yep. Yeah. He played, he had a good game. That first period of that game, he stopped what, 23 shots in the first period? Yeah, yeah. Something, something ridiculous. Um, he kept the Blues in that game, and obviously, ultimately, the Blues won. Um, it's really interesting to think that he could go to Seattle. If they, if he doesn't, and he stays in St. Louis, I think he's earned another year to see what he can do. Uh, he needs to continue to improve, for sure. There's times where I feel like he has the Jake Allen syndrome, where he makes the difficult saves look easy, and the easy right. saves look difficult. Um, but you know, like we all said, it's his first real year in the NHL and we, you saw the upward tick in his game as the season went on. And I think that's all you can ask for in a rookie, uh, uh, backup goalie. Like, you know, he's getting limited reps and you saw improvement. So he gets a C for me. Yep. So that concludes our, so let's do an overall blues grade. I think it's pretty easy for this one. C you, I think you get the C cause you had yep. a crap ton of injuries. You, uh, the second most games lost or only one game or two games behind Chicago who had the most game man games lost this year. And yep. you're able to get into the playoffs still in a pretty deep, I mean, don't get me wrong. The bottom half of the division isn't great, but you're playing Vegas, Colorado, and Minnesota a, a lot. lot of times. Yeah. And mind you, there's a lot of stop and starts this year. So we'll take that in the factor. So I say a C. I think the team did not look themselves again, which is concerning, but they still made the playoffs. So that's why you get a C. I would agree. This is a C. One more. I'm going to throw this out there uh, as my overall or a grade for a guy we didn't talk about who completely out of nowhere surprised Dakota Joshua. My friend, you get a very uh, – I'm going to give you a B because I think you're going to be on the fourth line in yeah. here in a year and – I loved him, and I think we missed him down the line. Anyways, that's all. C for my blues. Um, I'm going to hitch on to Bond's train and give a grade to a guy we didn't talk about, and I'm going to give a solid B to Barbashev. I thought that he was oh, yeah. Yeah. very, very good in the role. Yeah, there's a lot more guys. I think we just keep moving along just to get to the um, season talk. Yeah. I really want to give the team a D. I really, really do. Do it. Because even despite the injuries, this isn't a team that should have been sweating a playoff spot. They shouldn't have. No. They, and I get that no one saw Minnesota come out of left field the way they did. Right. But this team shouldn't have been fighting with the Arizona freaking Coyotes and the San Jose Sharks and for a while the LA Kings yes. to secure a playoff spot. They just shouldn't have. I'm sorry. You're nope. too talented and there's too much money on this payroll to be that team. Um, but they pulled it together. Um, I don't think that the playoff early exit diminishes their grade at all. We've talked already about the wrecking ball that is the Colorado Avalanche. Um, I just, I, for this team to struggle the way they did, being the best in the West last year, mm-hmm. and winning the Stanley Cup the year before that. Yeah. I give them a D. I, I think that they underperformed. Yeah, I like it. That's good. So, yeah. So, like I said, not exactly the year we wanted, but I think considering everything that happened, uh, you're getting – you lose your captain. You kind of re, retool the team a little bit. 
So I think the team definitely needs a little bit more retool, and that's pretty obvious by what Doug Armstrong said in the press conference afterwards, that uh, this team needs to improve. One, either he says starting, of course, obviously throws himself in there too, which I think yeah, it's just trying to save face, but yeah. he needs uh, – this team needs help. I think the left side, uh, left wing – is a great need. There is literally no left wings left after we hear, we talk about everybody who's a free agent. So your big free agents are uh, James Schwartz, Mike Hoffman, your two big ones out on the left side, and then Tyler Bozak down the middle. A couple RFAs mixed into there, as in uh, Barbashev, Zach Sanford, uh, Robert Thomas, uh, Jordan Cairo. And that's your big RFAs you need to resign. You get the rights, uh, but Cairo and uh, Robert Thomas do not have any kind of arbitration rights, which kind of, you know, makes it harder on them to negotiate the deal. No, they kind of, it kind of has to happen with uh, Vince Dunn this year. It's kind of right. take the deal he had to take. Uh, another big, you see UFA. We talked about Tyler Bozak. Uh, Vince Dunn is also RFA. Defense wise is kind of set outside of that. And you signed Jordan Bennington already. So, and yeah. you have Billy Huso locked up. So you're kind of set there. So, this team has obvious holes and I think the top, I think your bottoms, I think you need to figure out what you, what this team wants to be. They want to be closer to what Berube wants. I think a hardworking, you know, grinded out style team, or do you want to kind of go towards what some teams have been doing? Like a la Colorado, where you're kind of a play fast, get some guys, the more speed. Um, Cause let's be honest, this team doesn't have a ton of speed outside of Robert Thomas and, Jordan Cairo and I mean, Jake you know, Wallman, Jake Wallman, Tory Krug, you can mix in there as well. Yeah. That's done probably a little bit too. So, um, so right now, out of the free agents, I uh, just kind of, let's say the UFAs I mentioned, you're looking at Jaden Schwartz, Tyler Bozak and Mike Hoffman and bring them up, bring them all back, bring a couple back. Uh, none of them back. What do uh, you guys think? Uh, bond, uh, you tell me what you're thinking. I, of those three, I mean, I hate, yeah, that guy, but I would just bring back Bozak. I don't want to lose Schwartz for nothing, but I don't know. To he me, made, to he, me made, I, he made $5.35 million last year. Yeah, Bozak. And he won't get that again if we re-sign him. And you know what? Maybe some other teams looking at him going, hey, or maybe he wants to go back. Well, I don't think he can go back to Toronto. He'd be looking for a change it up. So, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, Bozak made five and Schwartz was 5.3. I think that Bozak likes playing here. I think that he likes the system. I think it works for his playing style. I think he would take four, four and a half to stay. And I hope he does. I hope he signs two, another two-year deal or there's a two- or three-year deal we got him on. Uh, yep. I hope he signs a two-year deal for 4.5. Stay. Cool. Moving on. Uh, Hoffman's going to go somewhere and get paid. Good for him. Uh, I don't really feel like he fits our system at all. He, he is what every team wants as a goal scorer, but – we don't play a goal scorer system. We're not Tampa Bay. We're not Washington. We can't just put a guy in the point and do a slap shot. Uh, Schwartzy is an awesome two-way forward, and that's what he's been his whole career. And he just had a really terrible – he's got these weird flashes where, like, he's unreal, and you can't – he comes in and just takes the puck away. It's like Ryan O'Reilly, like, forecheck. And then, like Chris said, you just, then you're like, oh, my God, he's still on the team. I forgot. Like he just yeah. disappears, and I don't know. I, I I would I would like Schwartz to come back on a team friendly deal, but I don't think he will. I think from what I have read and what I gather about Schwartz, he uh, he wants to get his big paycheck. He's never got the big paycheck. Was he getting now like six? 
5.35. He's going to want a pay raise, and I don't think Army should give it to him. Yeah, 28 years old, yeah. 29, so yeah. for this last big deal, basically. He's looking for his last big one, and I don't think he doesn't have – he doesn't have the stats to back up what he's going to be asking for, but someone as they always do will pay it. Agreed. Cause yeah. everybody's, I mean, think about all the teams that have played against us and been like, God, I hate playing against Schwartz. He's on the puck and all that stuff. And maybe he just needs that. Maybe he had a terrible year and he's like, well, I'm just going to go do be good somewhere else. And then yeah. he goes, you know, he goes to Toronto or he goes to, you know, Columbus. And he's like that thing that they need. I don't know. Agreed. Yeah, Someone's going to pay him for sure. And I, think I agree. That's the problem is I, I would like him to come back. I think that there's for sure a spot for him on this team, but not on what he's going to want. I think he's a player that's going to want at least six, if not six and a half a year. And I don't think the blues have that money to offer him, nor should they. Um, but I think that there is another second tier team, be it, you know, I, I'm going to call this team a second tier team and they won yeah. the division and they're still in the playoffs, but like a Carolina yeah, or, you know, an up and coming team like Arizona or, you know, a team that's got money and needs maybe that one other piece of a puzzle, not a superstar, but a good solid forward. Hear me out. I could see Florida. I could too. Yeah, I could too. Um, Mike Hoffman. My gut tells me Mike Hoffman plays in Pittsburgh next year. Yeah, I but somewhere that will give him a money to be basically be you know, like we said, a higher he gun. Wants, so he yeah. wants to be on the point on the play on the power play. Feed him the puck. He needs setup men. They've got yep. an okay one there. Yeah, yeah. Or two. He, he's he's gonna to me. He's gonna go to a team like that, a yeah. team that is not far removed from having a cup from winning a cup. The windows may be on its way down, so they're going to be inclined to overpay to keep that open. Yep. And I think that, you know, there's enough pieces in place with a team like Pittsburgh that or Dallas, another one. Yeah. Where where he's definitely would be a Dallas player. He just for sure. Dallas for sure. player. You know, I, I I could see him – Vancouver. I think Vancouver's got problems, but it's hard to judge Vancouver with this season because that entire team shut down because yeah. even, the, even the ushers had COVID at one point. Yeah, that um, ain't no joke. But, you know, I, I think that he goes to a team like that. I, yeah. I don't blame Army for taking the – I mean, a one-year contract is never a bad contract. No. And – he gave I you wanted, what you asked for. Yep. I wanted it to work out. It didn't. I, 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 if he would come back at 4 million a year again, I would gladly take it. He's yeah. not going to. No. So he, he's going to get six or seven from somebody. Someone's um, going to pay that dude six a year. No he, doubt. LA and someone. I could see. I was thinking LA the whole time. Yeah. I, someone's going to do it. Um, Tyler Bozak, we've all discussed it at length. I, I think that he, has played himself into the discussion of a new contract. Whereas I, like Jason said, I think the start of this year, the team was ready to write out the season and, and let him go. But I think that the way he played down the stretch, he has earned the, uh, the ability to, to have a contract offered to him with this team. It's just going to be, can they work out a friendly enough deal that it makes sense 
uh, for him to stay for the Blues to sign him. So yep. I, I would like to see them bring back all three. Realistically, I think they bring back one, and I think it's either Bozak or Schwartz. Agreed. I yep. don't know which one. Yep, yep, I agree. I, I think uh, agree. If, it was, if it was me, the I lean towards it being Ty Bozak, but if it was me, I'll be honest, I'm ready to freshen things up. I think you just wipe the board and say goodbye to everybody. And that could easily happen too. That's yeah. a that's a very easy decision to make. I mean, you got to figure we have a lot of cap space. That's this fourteen. Year. That's like, fourteen have, million dollars. You're just getting well, rid of right there. Yeah. Remember, Steen comes off our books this year too. Yeah. As does Carl Gunnarsson. That's Bosey, Schwartz, Hoffman. Are we under the assumption that Carl Gunnarsson's career is over? That was my next question. I think with you. the Blues, at least he's thirty-four. So I, I think that they give that, him. I could see him giving him one year. If they do, it's going to be like a, bet, a play, one one year one mil type thing. I possibly. agree. Yeah, depending on his uh, knee. And so I yeah. agree with you, Chris. If if he wants to play, I could see him playing and them giving him a one year. Be like, hey, you got sent out on a bad note, right? And then because I remember Chris, you and I talked via Twitter. You're like, do you think that's the end? And I was like, I think it has to be right. He's 34, and that's yeah seems to yeah. be the pinnacle year where people are just like. Hey, you know I'm done, but uh, I I don't know. Maybe maybe being off your body or off your feet for a year and rehabbing it, it wouldn't it, shock it, me. It goes one way. of two ways. He either rebounds or he's Jay Bobeister after the Ironman streak broke. God, where it just seemed like there was always something else wrong with with Jay Bo, and like the, the you could see the body start to break down. Yep, and I don't know which way he goes. I I, I think if he can play, give him. A friendly deal. I, I don't see him wanting to uproot and go somewhere else. That's I the don't thing. either. He likes playing so, here. Yeah, like maybe give him a one year throw the dude two million bucks. He only made one he only made one he only made one point seven. So three give him one right, year well, one then, mil. I was gonna say one one point five. Give him one and a half for a year and go You're so generous. He, right. I mean <clears throat> the dude's earned it. it yep. It's not like that's that much of a race. Like give yeah. him the one year for one and a half, let him write his last chapter again. I'm fine with that. He's yep. a serviceable second or third pair D man. Um, Absolutely. He's a bottom. He's in your bottom, bottom pairing. He's a, yeah. a, a depth defenseman and that's what he's done. I mean, he, depending on what the blues do in the off season, maybe he's your seventh defender. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on who they decide to keep and what happens. Like I said, expansion draft is going to be weird and who knows if they yeah. decide with, you know, like the done thing is kind of there. If they're going to keep him, just let him go to Seattle. Who knows? So that's going to be interesting and see if they do. Yeah, so great. obviously we can go through all the RFAs, but I think that's kind of boring because they have arbitration and who knows what happens there. So, so Thomas is back. Kairu's back. I think that obviously. I think I think the only one that you they see them obviously we talked about Jacob De La Rose. Not that was my one. I was like, that's the one I'll be like, I don't think they would bring him back, but they, nah. he made that easy on done. Him. Joshua Joshua is going to be brought back and they'll bring him should back. be on the team. Um, I, I think Barbashev, a, obviously. So I mean, yep. you're you're pretty much, and all those guys are probably going to get somewhat of a raise. Uh, I think Barbie I gets so. the same. I, I can see Barbie get to sign him for the same contract again. I think he'll, he get a, he'll get a, he'll get a cost of living kiss. Yeah, he'll get a little bit more, but it's yeah, it's like not two like two he's going to. Yeah, it's not like yep. he's going to like double his salary. No, exactly. That's what I guess that's what I was getting at there. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got, you know, in the minors, there's really not much there so far. Uh, the one that come off the book that's interesting is Eric Foley, which I always feel bad for that kid. That's the, I do too. Uh, oh. Multiple concussions. And I thought I was really excited when they got him in the Stasny deal and just, it yeah. just hasn't worked yeah. out for him, unfortunately. 
Um, and outside of that, just no really. Austin Poganski is the only one that's really of note down there. Uh, outside of that, uh, that's pretty much it for the UFAs and uh, free agents for the Blues. So draft-wise, the Blues have all their picks except for number round two and round four and round seven, but they have Detroit's round seven. Yep. So, uh, so, they have, so basically you get a little, probably a higher pick there because obviously Detroit's uh, going to probably get a pretty decently high pick. Yep. Um, so let's go with the offseason rumors so far. Um, the three, the three big ones that I will talk about that I marked down here. So me and Chris obviously made our little joke earlier is it's been leaked out that Seth Jones of the Columbus Blue Jackets is going to test unrestricted free agency not this offseason, but next offseason. So once again, the Columbus tire fire continues with Tortorella getting fired. Um, obviously, um, it does. Pierre uh, Luke Dubois leaving. Line A really kind of not working out uh, yeah. so far. So and who knows if he sticks around. It's kind of interesting to see what happens there. Like Nobody wants to stay in Columbus. So uh, Zach Wierenski is a great up. city, too, by the way. It's a good city. And honestly, they're a good team. Yeah. Yes. Like, it's interesting yeah. to see what happens there. So Seth Jones obviously be wanted by many of teams due to being a uh, had, a down, had, a, had a down year this year, but that's besides the point. I saw some people trying to use analytics, and I'm a guy who really likes analytics too. I think no, I not definitely... the accountant. Yeah, the accountant course, likes yeah. analytics. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but I think, it, but you can't. Also, the eye test is also something that you need to consider as well. Yeah, like sure. I think it helps, but I'm, I don't rely 100 percent on it. So when it comes to hockey, so. Um, Obviously a down year, and he had uh, the fifth most average ice time in the league last year on a not great team. So you think more ice time on a bad team? Huh, wonder what's going to happen to your stats and your play. Exactly. I mean, that's kind of, you know, I can, you know, like I said, put two and two together. So uh, he's going to want a King's Ransom. So I guess Seth Jones, or excuse me, who is that? What's his name again? Seth Jones. There you go. So um, do the Blues is it? Would you want the Blues to possibly put a trade together to get him or maybe wait till take the best shot of him next year in the offseason? Get him now. Yeah. Because that is because he's uh, also, remember, he'll be understood free agent the same year as somebody, uh, as Colton Preco. So, as somebody, do you, you... do you do the flip now, maybe, or do you just wait and see what happens and maybe you can move Preco for somebody else? I think that you make the deal now pending a conversation with Jones's agent where you know you can get a deal done. A sign-and-trade. Yeah. Either be it a sign-and-trade or something where it's a trade-and-sign uh, like we did with, with, yeah. with, with um, Falk and, and players like that. The Blues, like, look, 2019 was a phenomenal season that brought the Blues to Stanley Cup. In yep. no small part due to its blue line. The top two or at least top two of your top three defenders from that team are gone in Petrangelo and j mm-hmm. And you have seen, I think the importance that both of those players brought to this team in different regards. Yep. Stability, consistency. Seth Jones is a player who brings that type of play back to this team. And yes. the thing is, he's not going to come cheap. You're not going to off, offload your junk to get him. As much as we're getting used to the fact that Armstrong is able to pull off miraculous trades where we trade the garbage and get players a la Ryan O'Reilly, that's not going to happen all the time. Right. You're dealing also with, keep in mind, 
a president and a general manager who were in this system. I thought John Davidson and Yarmo. Yarmo. So I think that if the Blues make a run at Seth Jones, and they should, yes, 100% should. You'd be foolish looking, not to. You're looking at giving up someone like Colton Pareko. I would say Colton Pareko and then some, because also Yarmo helped draft a lot of these players. And For gonna, sure. They know our playbook. He's going to be like, yo, Army, give me. So my thought is that I think you lose either or. If they're going to go D for D, you're going to lose Colton Pareko. Yeah. Something that Columbus desperately needs right now are centers. Yeah. I think that it could be Seth Jones for Robert Thomas. I'm not horribly upset with either of those ideas, by the way. Right. They are very difficult pills to swallow. Yeah. But I think in both cases, it's a win for both teams. Like, Assuming you bring back Tyler Bozak, right? You can afford to lose a player like Robert Thomas. You're trading the potential of Thomas for right. what you know in Seth Jones. Yes. In, in, in the case of Pareko, I think that it's almost a very even trade. We probably also have to give up a prospect. I don't I think it's, I don't think it's a Clem Costin, but I think it's maybe. Let's um, just say, let's say it's it's Pareko and our first round pick this year, mm-hmm. yeah, which will probably be in the sixteen or seventeen range, right? Um, but I, I think that if you could get him and get him signed, you make that deal before the draft. I'm I'm with you. I I was I'm not. I don't want to give up Robert Thomas because I feel like he could be an elite, elite. He will be an elite player. I even said that he would be a future captain of this team Mm -hmm. is what my prediction was. But the thought of Seth Jones and Justin Falk playing 40, 45 minutes a night. Every day. Give it to you every day. And just, just shutting people down. Yep. That makes me super horned up. Oh my God. Yes. And that's and this the Blues franchise has always been built around strong defense. As much as like to the outside world, you're known for your Brett Halls and Pavel Dimitris and Tarasenko's yeah. and players like that. Like the identity of the St. Louis Blues since 1967 has been strong defense. D, like hard hitting, heavy play. And I, I'm not saying that that that's the type of defender that Seth Jones is, but he will shut down top line forwards. I agree. That, I mean, that is for sure. Yeah. That's prime. He's a number one. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's a number yeah. one. He's, he's number one. Simple as that. Like you don't have like as much as we want Preco to be a number one, maybe show him flashes here or there, but like he hasn't proven so far. Seth Jones has been number one on a team for like, a few years now. And Seth Jones knows the division. Remember, he was a Nashville Predator. Yes, he was a Pred for three seasons. I think so. Yeah, so he was around. So and they uh, traded him <laughs> one no. for one for uh, Johansson. Right? Yo, Johansson, right? Johan- right, 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 which is dumb. Dumb. So, so how that interesting. Out, Nashville? Not great. So nerds. 
Let's see. So I had big, I have like three like interesting ones to talk about in the offseason. We'll say the big one for last. So I thought the one that was interesting, which kind of got brought up in a couple circles so far, is how the Calgary Flames looking to retool as well. Um, there's talk of Johnny Goudreau wants to sign a deal, so he might want to be signing, and they need to free up some money. So look at hometown boy Matthew Kachuk making seven million dollars next year, and then his uh, RFA for his last year as uh, RFA. If they qualify him, he, they have to pay him $9 million, which is a good chunk of change. Um, if they're looking to retool that maybe that's not the way they want to go with their team, I don't know. The, the Blues look into possibly bringing back the hometown kid, Matthew Kachuk. I mean, yes. I mean, a, a controversial player, yes, he is. But he fits Brubay's uh, style, though. Insane, exactly. Insanely talented and fits our style. Oh, boy, even more so. Yeah. So I'll take the controversy. I'll take the super talent. I don't care. Put a number seven back on the ice. How many years does he have left on his deal in Calgary? So he has one left on the deal, and then he has an RFA year left. Then he can be a – so he can – since he signed this deal and he structured it very well, he can be an unrestricted free agent at age 25. Yeah. So if you wait two years – if he decides to do the Seth Jones thing and wait until and just goes to test unrestricted free agency, you don't have to pay anything for him in two years. And imagine if Seth Jones and Matthew Chuck hit UFA the same oh, year. Oh God! I'm not saying the Blues can get both, but I'm just saying that's a huge free agency year for everybody. My pants. Yeah. So that's a interesting thing. I think he fits the style, and I think also for just think of marketing, Chris being in the marketing field. Just think, imagine to bring back a hometown kid. A former kid, a former one of the a very popular players, kid, one of the I greatest mean, American-born hockey players of all time. I mean, you're talking Blues just making money hand over fist for a while there. Can yeah. I play devil's advocate? Go for it. No, it didn't work out real well with Paul Stasny, did it? Yeah, you're right. Sure. I think those are different kind of players. You got a playmaker. It could be. I mean, Matthew Kachuk is a fl- he's also, a goal scorer. Also, uh, Ken Hitchcock didn't really do many favors yeah. with Paul Stassi on the third line to start Agreed. doing. So, my and we've talked about this. I think we talked about it when when the uh, Stasny deal or when they first traded him is there seems to be um, two directions that players go when they come home and play. They either thrive under that pressure or they yeah. fold. Um, you look at a player from St. Louis, not necessarily hockey, but you look on the baseball side of it and you look at someone like David Freeze, yeah, who had a decent run in St. Louis, has his moment, like his legacy is set in St. Well, Louis. His playoffs are untested. Yeah. But then you look at a player like Paul Stasny, who had a decent career in St. Louis, but never, I think, achieved the level that we thought we were going to get. I don't think he was ever the player in St. Louis that he was in Colorado. No. Well, he also wasn't dishing to Matt Duchesne in his prime and wasn't dishing even to McKinnon in his first year. And, True. But he also didn't I mean? have scrubs in St. Louis either. He had a pretty good team around him. Yeah, yes. That's true. So I love the idea of kicking the tires on the Kachucks. And I think you would be stupid not to see if you can get one. And I think either or both would love huh. – to come play in St. Louis. Ottawa is never going to depart with Brady. That no. is, that's their well, future captain. I, yeah. I'll never say never because I'm sure people well, say yes. the same thing about the Edmonton Oilers and Wayne Gretzky. You're right. Um, but I, right. I, I think it would, would take something either catastrophic 
with that team, which they do have a pretty dumb owner who's doing his best to run that team into the ground. Yes. Um, but I, I think that either one of those guys would like to come home. I think with, with, with Matthew Kachuk, you have a better chance of getting him here. I just, I don't know what it would take to get him out because as much as they may realize, man, we can't afford to re-sign him. Calgary's got a pretty storied history. And anytime you're dealing with a Canadian team, you've got fans who will lynch you if you do something stupid. Mm -hmm. And I think that again, Calgary's not dumb and they would know exactly why above and beyond the on ice stuff St. Louis wants Kachuk and they're yeah. going to make you, they're going to make you bleed for it. Yeah. They're they're going to want their draft pick back of Jordan Cairo. Yep. And I I I could see Tarasenko in a flames out in Jersey. I'm, yeah. Interesting fact if I can sidebar for a minute. So I called NHL radio on XM yesterday and was talking to them because they were talking about does your team want Seth Jones? And uh, I, he, I was asked, I was like, dude, I go, if I'm Doug Armstrong, I don't care that it's a holiday in the U.S. I'm calling Yarmo and JD today at their barbecue and saying, let's talk. And he goes, well, what do you give up? And I was like, what do they want? I was like, short of O'Reilly and Bennington and maybe Justin Falk, like, who, who do you want? Name your price. Yeah. And I said, I'm like, do, do you want Tarasenko? You can have Tarasenko. And even the NHL guys are like, here's the problem with that. No team is going to give you that good of a player for a guy coming off of three shoulder surgeries yeah. in a bum year. Yeah. So I don't, I don't doubt that they may kick the tires on trying to move Tarasenko in the offseason. I just don't know on what his, what his return gets you right now. I was more hinting at him being a part of a package. Oh, for sure. I, yeah. I can see him being part of it. I didn't mean one for one. Like, no, that's no, like no, me no. saying, hey, hey, I'll trade you Zach, Zach Sanford for your, you know, but Zach Sanford rookie card for the Gretzky rookie right. card. Like, realistically, I would say if you were going to just deal Tarasenko straight up to someone, third round pick right now? Mm, I think you would, I think you would warrant, I think you could get a first out of him. I do. Do you? I do. I do. Who additional uh, maybe? Nick Feligno. I would got a first yes. round pick. You know what I mean? They got a first round pick. Columbus got a first round pick out of uh, Minnesota for Nick Feligno. Yeah, Feligno. but Nick Felino ain't coming off of three shoulder surgeries. And Nick Felino is about five years older than Tarasenko and has never put up twenty goals. I agree. I, look, I, I'm not arguing that point. And, and again, like yeah. I love Tarasenko and I know what was Tarasenko, but what was and what is, I don't know if those two things jive anymore. I, I, want, I'm a 91, GM, I want 91 raised in the rafters. I want I do to play here forever. But I want him to be a career blue, I but at the it. same time, like, is that, is that business savvy me no. or is that, blues fan me going god i remember his first game when he made detroit look like idiots yeah it's one of my favorite moments i've ever been at you know that's, so you're right i'm too much of a homer that's I, why I, I, dude it's it's hard to separate it's so hard to separate but like realistically i think jason hit it on the head i think it's a conditional pick i think that you may yeah. get a second or a third up front and that depending on either what he produces and or how yeah. deep you go in the playoffs, you get something else. 
Yeah, you make the playoffs and it becomes a first round pick. Yeah, and, or he puts and, up forty goals or thirty right. goals. You get right. But I'm a big fan of trading to other conferences because then you. Don't oh, I don't want. I don't. I don't want Tarasenko in the Central, and I certainly don't want him in the West. Nope. Send him to New York. Let him pay with his best friend. Oh, oh my God. Yep. yep. Interesting. So, speaking of the uh, uh, East, we'll talk about the last one that's been uh, well talked about. So, somebody else who was talked about they really want to leave their team, and that's uh, Jack Eichel. So, five years, $10 million per him. year. Everybody's been putting together what, obviously, a franchise center. Um, a lot of blues. Apparently, L.A. Freeman said the Blues have the young players to get it done. And he doesn't know about interest-wise, but he thinks that and it, the, he, and he's not the only guy who said that. So it's kind of interesting how the Blues have kind of gotten their name out there, which I thought was really interesting. Um, who? Elliot Freeman's. He's an and that's like not he's just legit. A, he's, he's legit. Guy. He knows it all. Yeah. So that was in his thirty-one thoughts uh, podcast uh, yeah. recently. So he. Uh, yeah, so I, I think obviously they're going to want another center back. So it'll center on Robert Thomas and some picks, probably is my guess. For sure. So anyway, uh, that's a, uh, so Jack Eichel. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, enough said. You just said it, Jack Eichel. You know, what I mean that that's a it's it's a home run, but then you question uh, will it be in your advantage is a he wants out of there, and b he hurt his neck. And they were like, oh, you don't get surgery. So, like, do we go, hey, you can have a, you can have Robert Thomas in third round pick. It's done because we don't know if he's going to be healthy. I, uh, I'm obviously more a fan of the football team in this city than I am the hockey team, but uh, I talk, I talk Sabres quite a bit with my Buffalo friends. And the one thing that I can tell you is that the next time people in Buffalo hear the following phrase, the Buffalo Sabres have agreed to a trade with the St. Louis Blues. <laughs> that city is going to burn. Yep. I'm not, I don't think it's out of the question that the Blues and the Sabres could find a way to pull this deal off. But I could see a third team being involved. I could, number one, definitely, I could see a third team helping to facilitate it. And if not, the Blues are going to overpay. Because yeah. this is a, the Blues took Ryan Miller from them when Ryan Miller was God in Buffalo. Yeah. The Blues robbed them blind with Ryan O'Reilly. Like, just yep. put the bag over their head and punched him in the face. There's no two ways about it. It's maybe one of the most lopsided trades in NHL history, I would say. I mean, in modern era. Yeah. Modern era. Modern era, for sure. Like, yeah. they fleeced him. Yeah. And I get like, you look on paper and it's like, what, like five players and picks and prospects back for one dude, but holy bejesus, the Blues got a Stanley Cup, a Conn Smythe Selkie winner the next year, and Buffalo got a dude who said, I quit hockey, a guy who couldn't make the lineup, and another one who forgot how to play and I think is a fourth liner now. Yeah, some overseas again. So This is the only picture that matters. Yep. yep that's yeah, it exactly that's it <laughs> so I, I think that if that phone rings first of all the gm from the sabers is probably going to say you you got to be effing kidding me and you got some balls calling me because i know why you're calling yeah but like dude <clears throat> they are going to 
be very, very diligent in what they take back from St. Louis. If, my, if my, they I have deal, a bold prediction. They're number two overall pick. Bold prediction. The three-way trade. Blues, Rangers, Buffalo. Okay. I don't know how it's going to go down. I'm just saying. Do you think the I Rangers are involved? I do. Rangers apparently one of the teams that has a lot of the young pieces to get it done. So it'll be I interesting mean, dude, to see what they got do. Capo Lafreniere. They're not getting rid of Adam Fox because of his breakout season, but they got a couple got, other guys in there. You've got nothing but, like I said, Philip Sheedle. Like you've got studs, and you've also yeah. got a goaltender. Like they're not going to get rid of Shostakin, but they have uh, Georgiev, who yeah. is a stud. Boy, Russian Buffalo goalie. needs goaltending too. Yes, they do. But they have that that kid who's got the impossibly long name that came in and started near the end. Yeah. He's supposed to be the real deal. So uh, I just I think that. And I think they're going to do it. I, I don't see Jack Eichel being in a Buffalo no. Sabres uniform no, next season. I but I just – I shudder to think of what that cost is going to be because that's a franchise who already has been burned so many times. Like Even if it's not to St. Louis, the fans of that franchise oh, are going man. to expect a King's ransom back for yes. as bad a deals as Buffalo's made in recent history. Like If they're going to give up the guy who, by the way, they were certain – they were going to win that lottery and get Connor McDavid and they didn't and got Jack Eichel. If they're going to cough him up, they're going to want prospects and NHL caliber. They're going to, they're going to want roster play. They're going to, you hit it on the head. You're going to want a, a Wayne Gretzky size deal, but just with actual players that yeah are worth something. It would, I, I, I don't necessarily know what the blues, but I mean, you were talking about the team earlier. I could see Calgary and them. I was just out. saying, like, don't be surprised if there's a Matthew Kachuk, Jack Eichel trade. Or uh, Johnny Goodrow and yep. someone. Uh, dude, Flames have got some good prospects as well. I don't know. Yep. It's interesting. I, it's, Hockey it's, trades are the best. And then it's that also trade, the worst. That trade's going to happen. And I think if it doesn't happen before, it happens at the draft. And I just – I can't wait to see what that trade is and who gets them if there's more than one team and what's involved, but that's going to be, that's going to be a trade that I think changes the course of multiple teams. Yep. Yes. Interesting to say. So right now, uh, so if you had to pick one player for out of those three or any other players that are available in UFA this year, um, who would you pick? Chris, go ahead. It's not a UFA, but give, I want Seth Jones and I want yes. him on this team tomorrow. <clears throat> I, I am going off of those three. There's a gentleman in Toronto by the name of Zach Hyman, who I think is an insanely underrated player. And I think that he's only getting paid $2.5 million right now. And I think that we could get him for nothing. Uh, It's funny that you bring up Toronto. And we talked about this a little bit before we started recording the way that team imploded in the playoffs yet again. I think there's real changes coming to Toronto. And I I think, think it's going to be not not like bottom six guys. It's going to be top six guys. And I, think I, it's one I don't think three. you get – yep. I don't think you get rid of Tavares. I don't think you nope. get rid of Austin Matthews. Nope. If I'm Mitch Marner, I'm not real sure I'm in Toronto next year. I agree with that. And also, that's a game changer right there too. Oh, boy. I'll take Mitch Marner. For I'll, sure, I'll, I'll take Mitch Marner. I'll also take William Nylander. And yep. a heart yesterday. Yeah, for so, sure. Nylander's getting paid the least out of the kids, though. So that's yep. why I feel like they are – Marner would probably be the one that gets his odd man out. 
But man, I think so. But if we can be like, hey, we don't want – how about Zach Hyman? I don't think that Toronto will be that stupid because I think he's an underpaid, like, oh, my God, this is like a hardworking, awesome forward. Yep. But with all the free money – free money. All that, that freed up money that we have, I think there's a lot of possibilities going on. And I do too. Carolina just uh, – there's one minute 30 left, and uh, they just got their – Tampa's up two to one. They just – well, uh, we'll wrap it up there since it went a little long. So, if you want to find us on Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey NHL. Chris is at I'm at Hossapalooza. Uh, Bon, where are you at? Oh, hey, I'm at Jay Bonathan. And also, I, you always get on me about it, but I'm also at Brook Royal. There you go. So, <laughs> make sure you get both of those. And I'll find us on Facebook and Instagram at, at Blues Hockey Podcast. Also, our website, blueshockeypodcast.net. And also, remember to download us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Amazon Music, another all the other podcast apps that are out there. Uh, also, check out the Pocket Hockey Podcast Network and remember our sponsors, Rockstar Taco Shack, Lucky Lola's, and DraftKings. Use the code THPN uh, if you want some bonuses. So go ahead and check that out. So thanks again, Bond, for joining us. And, and thanks uh, for having me. We'll as have always, a dudes. bunch of stuff coming up soon. So I will, uh, yeah, be ready for some stuff, some good content coming up. So uh, thanks for joining us. I know it's a bit of a long one, but uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Yeah. See you.